Yo, Matt, happy new year. How you feeling, buddy? Happy new year, Lance. Feliz año, as we say here. Yes. But I feel kind of happy today and completely uncreative and useless at the same time. That's fairly typical the last few weeks. No, I've actually been like not that happy and not creative. So this is like, this is, I'm, I'm, I feel like my whole life's in quicksand, that's all. Right. Can't get going. Can't get those feet pumping. Yeah, like if I have five tasks, I like I don't accomplish any of them while I'm trying to do all of them. High knees, baby. Yeah, high knees. I think you're right, though. There's something about just if you can't get anything done, just go fucking work out. Like sweat. It does uh, immediately make you feel productive. I think it's a, it's a great tactic. Right. Uh, I have the uh, anxieties, I think, that everybody has as the clock flips to a new year where it's like, oh, what am I going to force on myself in terms of a goal for the year? I had been thinking about this for a while. I mentioned it to you about retraining as a licensed professional counselor. And so I'm sitting there talking to my wife about that and thinking about it and going, yeah, I'd be good at this angle or that angle. And then I'm like, but seniors 94, shit, I'd have to wipe the internet of that motherfucker. Because of- <laughs> you know, what's great is you, it's just your name everywhere too. It's your first and last name. It's my name, and it's like uh, there's so much personal disclosure. It, it's it'd be such a conflict. So I don't think so, dude. I I mean, I from the reactions we're getting, I think I think I don't think so. I think you, especially if that's the line of work you want to go into. I think people well, would be like, "God damn, you dealt with that idiot for for every episode being me." That that everyone else would just be seem like gravy. Yeah, but that's because you're not uh, aware of the profession of psychology where people aren't supposed to know a whole heck of a lot about you. But it doesn't matter. What what are you talking about? Like the the coach like what what let's just say you go down this path. What what does it look like? Like you're in a corporate office telling people the your spreadsheets are fine, bro. Believe in yourself. Are you like sitting on the with the long couch and all that kind of stuff? Well, nobody does the long couch as far as I can tell, but you're going to do cognitive behavioral therapy is what you're going to do. And that requires uh, just some distance on a personal level. So, so somebody rolls in to seniors 94 is like, this guy struggles with a lot. How's he going to yeah. help me? That should, isn't that weird though? That should be encouraged. Like in a way, but like some not, vulnerability. Yeah. Like yeah, this well, guy's just also like this guy, Lance, I can, I can relate to him cause he's got his own shit going on. Right. But, but they're in there uh, hoping to, hoping you can help them solve their issue. But I, I see the, I see the conflict and it's fine. I mean, I was just loosely holding quitting? the, <laughs> loosely the holding the idea in my head and uh, then thinking about this show and made me laugh. It's like we all of a sudden. We haven't got the 50, but that'd be a great episode if you just, if you're quitting. This is your long way around telling me that you've, you've gone to a new career and right. Seniors 94 is going to kill it. You're wiping it from the internet. Yeah. This is it's it. like my first Quit. client's like, I listened to episode 11 or 10 and it's like, there was like this public service message about, you know, pretending to smack it and whack it. And I just, I think that's over the top. Uh <laughs> Don't worry about it. What do you want to talk about today? It had a point. It had a point. It's just, yeah, I'm, I'm just vulnerable. Well, yeah, I think uh, let's let's talk a little bit this year. 
my my shit's pretty easy. It's very complicated, but easy. I need to figure out the relationship with my wife, meaning I need, it's like, I'm in the, I, we talked about it a little bit, but I'm still feel like I'm in this gray area, like where I can't move on, but we're not going back together. So I need to figure that out. I need to find a way to make some income. Sadly enough, that's the only way to say it. As much as I want to think that I need to find a passion, all this stuff, I need to find a way to make some money. And then I would like, I, I with, we've done 11 episodes and we've gotten some great feedback in this kind of like, this is helping way, which which people could just be being, I'm sure some people are just being nice, right? But But some of the reviews are very, very deep and people took time to like, criticize and, and encourage. So I would like more people to listen to the show without either of us having to touch any social media or the internet. Like, <laughs> so yeah. I, I, I like the way it's growing. Like it feels like more and more people are listening. Like, like that might be one or two people a week. Like we might have 20 listeners. We probably don't have a thousand, but realistically we probably have like 80, right? Something like that. But I would like more people to listen to the show. Because I'm enjoying it and people seem to like it, so why not? That's one of one of my goals for 2024. Right. I know that you don't really care about that well, aspect of it. I mean, if that's a goal, like tell me, Matt, what actions are you going to take? Step one, two, three, buddy. Yeah, that's the you're, part that I don't like. The action. You're responsible of, for marketing. I'm responsible for editing. Remember, we discussed this. <laughs> Get it going. I am. I just think my my hand to hand combat's gonna take a little while as as we get like one episode, one user or one listener per week. Get it going while you deal with your uh, separation, your need to find a job, and uh, managing your kids. Get it going now, now. I I plead every week. I just need someone to be like, I I'll put it out there for you guys. Give me the keys. Yeah, I know. There's another first episode of the year. Someone out there who loves social media put Lance's name out there to protect me from him getting some sort of job related to therapy and ruining the show forever. Help me, people. Help me. Block Lance. Right. Uh, So last week's episode, we had Jake on. Uh, I thought that was a good conversation. You know, I liked how... You know, he wasn't trying. He wasn't trying to be dramatic about it or embellish anything, or he wasn't um, sensationalizing it or making it um, this spectacular story. He was just like, "Eh, it's tough." And I, I like that approach because sometimes people who've struggled will have these like uh, fantastical stories that sort of distract from the underlying issues. And I liked I liked his approach a lot. So I was happy to have him on. Got some good feedback about that too. Yeah. Definitely. And like, it's horse, it's horse shit to, I don't know, like the more I do this show and I think about all the different people are like, even with Jesse and you know, the people that are like, I had this moment and everything changed immediately. I, I'm starting to doubt that. Like, like, mm-hmm. you know, Jake's it's not, and even me when I said I quit drinking, it's not like, Oh, I quit drinking and my life changed. Like you're on this journey and it's fine. And then I had some feedback too, like people that are like still drinking, still doing stupid shit and still like enjoying it. I think that's great too, in a way. Like, I don't, you know what I mean? Like people that are just like, maybe they're not like people that don't see it as their life's in shambles because they're drinking. They just see it as a fun part of their life. I think that's fine. As long as you're not really, you know, it's not affecting you too much. Right. 
I guess yeah. I would like to point out I don't feel righteous. I guess what I'm saying is I don't feel righteous. I don't think Jake did it all for for having stopped drinking. We certainly aren't like better than the rest of the world. Maybe worse. Or I am, but you know what well, I mean. It's hard to now at this age as you actually expose yourself uh, to different issues and perspectives, especially through this show. I mean, it's hard to really. I used to have a very um, tight grip on my own uh, ideas about what life should be like or what your lifestyle should be like. And now I'm sort of like, uh, I don't know, man. Yeah. We're, I'm getting farther away from it. Not closer as we get more enlightened and vulnerable. <laughs> like I'm getting, I don't know what, I don't know anything. I'm getting more messy. We're just getting more messy and more like a train wreck every day. Stupid show. You sit back and think about the show at all. Like even that, the drinking and you, my reaction sometimes is just like the. I'll be like, man, I don't even know. You asked me, Matt, I don't understand why you stopped drinking, and then I was like, yeah, I don't really know. Like I'm farther away from a reason. I'm not. I don't know why. You know. Right. Uh yeah. So I thought it was a great episode, and so this week uh, we're talking about youth sports, but more importantly, the emotions as parents we have around our kids athletic achievements and you could substitute anything in for that you could substitute academics you can substitute arts uh it's all the same emotion where we'll get into it whether it's living vicariously through your kid or just having a ton of um, anxiety or doing a bunch of fortune telling about what it is they're going to be later in life based upon their extracurricular activities it's all a real head game and so we're gonna probe each other and figure it out or try to right it's like the number one lie in parenting the idea of all the contradiction and and your kids performance of what you're supposed to encourage what actually makes you happy it is i had it last night too and I'll, we'll get into it but uh, where i was obviously watching my kid play and just getting so far from my actual values, like the things that I say I want to model. And then the next thing I know, I'm just right in the thick of shit talking and not to him, but just kind of to other parents. So it's a tough thing. And I don't, I haven't figured it out yet. Maybe we can figure it out when we get into the men's room. So glad to have you here in the new year, buddy. Let's whip it out and get in the men's room. Let's get up in there. You got any men's room jokes? Any any new jokes about the men's room? I would like to just say that I aired it out on the open mic this week. And anything related to humor, related to genitals or anything, I put all my heart and effort into that. So I got nothing to say about the men's room. So I hope people enjoy that. And I hope people see the irony in it. I hope, I hope that, I'll just say I hope people don't think I'm encouraging that behavior. Well, you basically carved it into the stall door. For everybody to see for eternity they, they have to replace the door with that profanity that you use so but people will enjoy it i thought it was funny dude so all right man that's all that matters to me buddy yeah funny 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 are you aroused by people with knee braces or ankle boots you may have leg and foot injury fetish disorder this is a growing problem and we can help. People with leg and foot injury fetish disorder LFIFD are drawn to temporary leg and foot injuries and get sexually charged at the site of rehabilitation equipment for the leg or foot. This disorder typically starts with visual exposure to heavy duty knee braces, ankle boots, and knee walker scooters. 
resisting treatment for LFIFD may deepen your obsession. Before too long, many patients find basic ankle wraps, knee sleeves, and compression socks turning them on. Eventually, your addiction culminates into an outright sexual obsession for stories about hurt knees, shins, Achilles tendons, ankles, and even hips. Please get treatment for LFIFD as soon as possible. Call 1-800-LEG-FOOT for help. Our first article comes from Marketplace.org, an interview by the great Kai Rizdile. Uh, just a plug, if you don't listen to Marketplace through NPR, you're really missing out. In this interview, uh, he interviewed uh, journalist Linda Flanagan about her book, Take Back the Game, How Money and Mania Are Ruining Kids' Sports and Why It Matters. Linda says, sports are becoming class-based. The higher class you are, the more your kids participate. And now there are significant college admissions advantages for athletes. Athletes can often get admitted with lower GPAs and test scores, and they also get admitted early. So parents will spend thousands and thousands of dollars on sports to gain these college admissions advantages. More anecdotally, Flanagan says from her experience as a cross-country coach, kids are less interested in what they can learn from a sport and how they can grow from the experience and more interested in what the sport can do for their resume or college prospects. Matt, how much money is too much money for your kids' sports? I would say if your kid's going to get into Princeton, who gives a fuck? It's worth it. There. <laughs> <laughs> so <Just> kidding. <laughs> so I agree. I don't know. I, I'm really far. I'm really like removed from this. Like I, I don't. I don't get it. Because not that this is going to be a good take or funny. Like what I'm here. What I hear from you and even some of my other friends in the U.S. is you're not even necessary. Like you're not thinking about that at all. But the, what you're wrestling with is like if I don't pay some money to get him in another league or another coach, he might not even be able to enjoy the sport at all, even like in a middle school or high school level. He might just not be on the team. So I, I get the idea that the problem is even is bigger than just people trying to get into college. It's actually, it the bar has been set where like, it's kind of like you used to get an undergrad degree, you could probably do well, and now it's like, oh, he doesn't have a master's degree or an MBA, and now that's the bar that you need to. And it just seems like the real issue is like, to be a good high school athlete now, there's more required. To be a, even a middle school athlete, there's more required, and, and most of it's financial. And like this, this thing right here, I never even thought of. I just, mm. I just think about oh, the guilt of am I depriving my kid because he's not on this club team or he's not getting a coach and the other kids are. It seems like I, it's even the problem's bigger. It's like a more at a more basic level now. There's no just like. Mm. Let's go play Little League, get some ice cream after, and who gives a fuck? It's like, nope, got a swing coach. And then, uh, and then, oh, no, you're in the local league? Can't play in the local league. Got to tour around the country and play competition from all over the world. Damn, damn, damn. Next article comes from Global Sports Matter, Tom Ferry. Apparently, 10 years ago, the U.S. hockey uh, organization recognized it had a problem. Too many kids were quitting the sport by age 9 or 10. 
In response, U.S. Hockey created a model of athletic development, a framework with eight stages of age-appropriate athletic development. The model incorporates some interesting insights from many other countries, and I want to report on those now. What they learned from Canada is the importance of replacing hyper-competitive upper-out talent funnels that dominate American youth sports today with a new structure that allows for broad, lifelong recreational sport access. From France, they learned how adults coaching kids need to be trained in key competencies, as opposed to just winging it. From Australia, they learned the value of children sampling many different sports and and learning transferable skills instead of specializing at an early age. And from soccer in Brazil and baseball in the Dominican Republic, They were reminded of the power of free play and how creativity and love of the game flows and gives children a sense of ownership when they're playing sports. Matt, what can the USA team learn from youth sports in Costa Rica? I don't know, but I'll tell you this. The best that Costa Rican football football or soccer has done in the World Cup was in 2014 because they had a hard-ass coach that wouldn't put up with any shit, and the Costa Rican players – tried to sue the guy for being too hard on him. And it's like, come on, dudes. Like, you, that was the best you've ever done. Like, you needed that discipline. That's how I feel. I mean, I, don't, I didn't really look into it. Maybe the guy was doing some crazy shit, but I don't know. I mean, some of the, some of the dirtiness and, and, and stuff in sports is, is like the, the horrible underbelly of what's required for winning. Damn, damn, damn. Uh, moving on to Mission Harbor Behavioral Health, Sam Deacon, a recent study from the Journal of Youth and Adolescence, there are measurable mental health benefits of playing team sports. And I'm going to underline team sports. Uh, There's a 10% reduction in anxiety and depression, 90% lower scores and withdrawal and depression, 17% reduction in social problems. So a lot of benefits to playing team sports, reducing risks, mental health risks. Uh, However, the same study found there are mental health Issues and risks in participating in individual sports, individual sports. 16% increased risk in anxiety, 14% higher risk withdrawal, depression, 12% higher score on social problems, etc., etc. Some common causes of those uh, uh, mental health risks are high pressure, burnout, abuse, perfectionism, injury, so forth. So Matt, there's a reason... I hated wrestling, I think, individual sport. Don't you remember those wrestling kids and all those golf kids being total jerks? Uh, well, they're starving, not the golf kids. The wrestling kids are starving. So I think a lot of what we we uh, attribute them to being dicks is just pure lack of, lack of food, lack of hydration. And we, we all could get a little grumpy when we're trying to make weight. So That is true. I don't, this can't be taking into account bowling. I mean, you don't, you don't see too many anxious bowlers out there. Seem like pretty chill people and not necessarily worried about their, their, uh, physical, physical fitness either. They seem like they've, they've, they've like let it all go and they're not worried about anything. So I would, I think we need, Sam needs to put an asterisk in here, not including bowlers as far as, uh, I mean, if you're at the bowling alley a lot, you're not worried about getting attention, right? Like you just mm-hmm. kind of, you're good, man. Social problems. Ain't no social problems once you get inside the lanes, bro. 
it's, it's all good. Okay. All right. Bowling. Okay. Enough. Uh, enough of bowling. No, but uh, this comes down to some of the same themes we've explored on this show of, uh, it, in the areas where you can increase connection. So team sports. Do you believe uh, this? Like, do you, do you truly believe this? I, I would just, I'm trying to uh, explain a theory if you'll let me. That's I think fine. team sports increases intrapersonal connections. Uh, and I guess a secondary hypothesis for me would be having other people to rely on reduces uh, your own pressure, your own internal pressure. Whereas an individual sport, you are on an island there. You're by yourself uh, when things go right and when things go wrong. And that can be stressful. Do you agree with that? I think there's. it's mostly true, but there's a lot of pressure of being the uh, someone who sucks on a team and potentially letting your team down. And the, the pressure and just the ridicule that you face as being that person that lets the team down could be catastrophic. Middle-aged man, newsing and trends. Middle-aged man, news for you. Welcome to the men's room, Matt. I think we're talking about you sports, although I think we're actually just talking about our emotional hangups with respect to our kids' performance and athletics. And uh, it's something that gets me every single day, to be honest. I, I am. I got such a tight grip on my kids' basketball career, which, when I'm in a good mood, I find uh, I recognize how irrational it is, and when I'm not, it's like the most important thing in my life. I can't decouple it, and I need you uh, to help explore why we are so tied to our kids' athletic performance. And again, I'll add, it can be anything academics, it can be arts, depending upon your poison. But for me, it's sports, and it did start with actually my daughter playing basketball. I was just so furious and frustrated with the coach. And uh, how old? And she was fifth grade, probably. And uh, the emotions just kick up immediately, and I, I was struggling with that. I couldn't even watch at times. I had to like pace around outside the gym. And I just look at myself. I, I consider myself somewhat psychologically minded. And uh, I have no acceptance for that. Like I just, I can look, I look at myself in the mirror and you're just so pathetic having that level of emotion over you sports essentially. And uh, we need to pick it apart. We need to put this thing to rest because I want to enjoy the remainder of my kid's uh, career. When you, I just want to ask though, when you, you said you got so frustrated about the coaching, was it, was it at least from a good perspective? Like they weren't, teaching fundamentals or was it like we're not going to win if you keep putting those shitty kids in or like was it that bad it, it was none of that it was just more of like he kept screaming uh i don't know if he had coached basketball before but he kept screaming number one number one which was the play and then he'd scream <laughs> out throw it to my daughter so he'd yell her name throw it to her, throw it to her, number one, number one. And no, I don't think any of the kids knew what number one is. And obviously I could, you know, pick apart that idea that you'd have plays for fifth graders, whatever. I was right. just like livid instead of, you know, just sitting there letting it be the experience that it is. Well, there's so many levels of 
you know, that guy thinking he's Phil Jackson on a fifth grade girls basketball team, first of all, it's like you probably had the right to be like, come on, dude, stop with the number one. Well, but it got maybe. too much is what you're saying, right? Like, Oh, it, <laughs> way too much. Uh, and I, I, I still can't quite figure out why it's so important to me. Uh, I just can't figure it out. And what happened with, did that affect your daughter's basketball career at all? Or were you kind of like doing this in, in silence? She didn't love it anyway or like it that much. I mean, she could have actually, I think, been pretty good. Uh, but she didn't, she didn't enjoy it. So she, that was her first and last year. Uh, and I don't, I wasn't, uh, I, I do, I'll pat myself on the back. I wasn't trying to like get in front of her about, you need to do this, you need to do that. That came later with my son when it was even harder to resist this um, idea that they're a reflection of you, right? Because I think a man raising a son, uh, it's a little uh, closer to home. Yeah. I I, I know that with my son and my daughter actually because my daughter is a good athlete like soccer football as we call it she, she was a good surfer she's actually good at any sport she does i have some some of my issue is like i feel like if they have if they start to have a bad experience which which should be more way more than just being good at it or not but that's really what i'm saying whether i admit it or not that they might stop and then I, and then they'll lose that and i'm like ah. Oh, like if they don't win today, they might just quit the sport or something like that, you know, and like, which is ridiculous. But, it, but it might, it's, it can be true though. You know, like if you're not, if you're not good at something, you're not having success, you just go, oh, I'm not going to do it anymore. And uh, yeah, that's like in the back of my head. Like, What I'm are the implications for, for you though, personally, if they were to quit or stop something like that, what does it matter? And I, and I say this, like, I know, and I have no fucking idea because I feel the same. Yeah, I, I don't know. It's like, uh, like it's going to happen eventually. <laughs> like everyone, even Michael Jordan had to quit. They might just have to quit a lot, a lot earlier. Like it's going to end. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I, it's like, why am I so worried about it? There is a little bit of like some positive thing about what well, we just talked about out there, but the, the, pow the powerful benefits of exercise and being on mm -hmm. a stuff but like uh i don't know i mean i honestly there's something weird about there's two things for me i love the fact that my son plays basketball like i just think it's so awesome maybe it's because i wish i was better at basketball i don't know why it just seems like a cool sport and i love it and i love the fact that my daughter was good at surfing and like those two things like it's it's just something that i think is cool if i'm being honest like i think it's cool and to be good at those two things to me is like pretty cool. Like if they were into, uh, I don't know, archery, I don't know if I would care. It's strictly for me, I think. But they're also good at it. But Yeah. And why do you think you have that attachment? Is yeah, something that's a missing? good question. Is something missing in my life? Yeah. Or in, you know something you didn't achieve earlier on. I, I don't know. I mean, we're, we're exploring, like we know how to probe yeah. and get to the bottom of these, but who knows where we'll get to, but I'm, I'm curious. I, it's weird. I don't have an answer because my daughter is really good at football, like really good. And I, but I don't have, I'm happy for her and I go watch and I'm, and I might get pissed if she's like half-assing it and stuff, but I, but I don't, I don't get quite as involved for some reason. Like I don't have attachment to that sport. 
And uh, I just, I, I don't know. It, it's, it's very strange. There's something about basketball and my son. And then when she was getting good at surfing, I just thought that was the coolest thing ever. And yeah. uh, I, I just, I don't know. But I will say, I, th- I, I think I mentioned it before. I don't know. It just seems like what we talk about and what we actually do, it's like the biggest lie in parenting. This idea of encouraging, like, well, be a good teammate, work hard, and all that shit. And and you go to some of these games, and and honestly, like, the moms are, like, getting out of control, just as the dads, but just, like, screaming at their kid. You know, the mom who might, uh, if you're at a dinner party, be like, well, I don't care if they win or not. I just want them to get out of the house. That mom usually is just freaking out on the sideline. Like, we all do it. But it, it all comes down to, like, if they're winning or not. Like, team plays like shit. They won. They're playing a special needs team and mm-hmm. you don't care. Like your team dominated. You're like, yep, they dominate today. It's like, yeah, yeah well, half those kids are down syndrome and you're, uh, it's like, <laughs> Oh, that's sad. That's me. That's mean. But you got is, the uncle, right? You got the uncle. So you can always, yeah, I can say lean that. on the down syndrome joke. Well, dude, I'm sure you've been there at games. Not down syndrome might be excessive, but but yeah, uh, I know what you're saying. I know what you're in, saying. But your kid's up forty to four. And it's like you probably shouldn't feel that good about it, but you're just like, yeah, whatever. My little my little NJ is dominating. Yep. And, yeah, and look it at his footwork. Better. Yeah, it does. <laughs> it's uh, so last night. Um, so my son's being asked to play point guard, and primarily in a lot of set structures uh, offensively for basketball. So he's really handling handling the pressure up the court and then setting up the offense. And I know that. And then I still rail on when you – in my head, I don't tell him this, but I was like, when are you going to realize you need to attack the rim and, and score? You need to take the pressure off your teammates. And so it's like whatever the case, I mean, I could sit and – say a bunch of dumb shit. I don't know why I'm still so attached to uh, a single night's performance. I don't know what it is. I don't know what issues I have or hangups I have in the past. It's intoxicating, dude. It's so intoxicating. It's uh, Well, let's let me take a look at that. What what's wrong with if you tell you tell your kid, "Hey, you need to go the hole more." What's wrong with that? I don't think anything's wrong with that as long as it's not unsolicited. It's always unsolicited though. Like when's the last time your kid, I don't know, maybe, maybe when's the last time your kid was like, Hey dad, how can I help my team more? How can I be a, but you're like, it's always unsolicited, right? All right. But he has coaches for that. This is what I can't reconcile. He has coaches for all that. He gets the feedback already. Uh, and what does it matter though? Like, uh, if I were to ask, if you tell me, what does it matter whether uh, your kid is a role player or the star. What does it matter to you? Is it a status? Like, what is it? Is it status? Yeah, it, it matters. That's all I know. <laughs> it matters why? more than I wish. I know. Yeah, like, what? What if he play? What if he just runs the offense? It doesn't penetrate as much as you'd like. Why does it matter, right? It's, right. So, or what? Or what if he just stops? He's like, I'm going to get into history club. Right. I'm gonna join history club. That I, 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 if we answered that, we'd probably be able to fix it. <laughs> I got. I, I will find myself. I, I think um, they have the I wisdom, know, though. 
Yeah, sports was so important to me. And I obviously I know of all the uh, social benefits of it. And a lot of life skills come out of being active in sports. And all that's true. And I think we, we, we and me and my wife, we worry about making sure that that participation uh, or hoping that that participation sticks through high school because it can be valuable in that sense. But to have such an attachment to a night in, night out performance, I still am perplexed by it. Uh, am I trying to groom a college athlete? Am I trying to groom, uh, make a star uh, or him to do something that I could never do? I, it's a, it really is, a, as they say, a mind fuck. Would you be happy if he became a college athlete? Like, would, would that make you happy? Well, in some ways, I, I would say not necessarily, because by having experienced it myself, it was like a struggle. It was not fun, and you did too. And it, and it's not always like, oh, this is the greatest. Right. Um, it is pretty cool, but, but it uh, can be cool if you yeah. if you love it and you're in a good environment, and all that stuff. But it certainly wasn't. It certainly wasn't worse when I wasn't playing sports in college. I had a great time. No, right. So I had an amazing time. Yeah. Well, I continued to play club level sports, but uh, it was it was fun. What do you think about? We always think of being a good dad or a good parent by going and watching all the games and 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 being a part of it and supporting them. Like, do you think the kid actually cares? Like the other side is if you just said, "Well, I'm not going to go to any of your games. I'm not going to." interfere with what you're doing you think your son or your daughter would be like man this guy doesn't give a shit about me you know there's got to be a happy medium but like is the right thing is just sit there happily that your kid's healthy and enjoying himself and shut your mouth even though you know that you could help him yeah i uh think through this a lot because i had a dad who lived in a different state he probably he came to one varsity game and i was a pretty good football player as you know matt having crushed your ass in practice great <laughs> great defensive uh pass coverage from the linebacker yeah as well that's right i hope uh, your dad recognized that a lot of great weak side tackles too uh i cross i i sneak through the line matt uh anyway he came one game and i always would you know just lament about that like oh my dad only came to see me one time you did lament about it. Oh, okay. Well, that's it. That's interesting. So it was important to you. I don't know. I don't know. But then truthfully, in the moment, I could have given a shit. I mean, I was just playing a sport. And I think that's probably true for our kids. Like they're not, I, I mean, I, I, I was sick and couldn't go to a big game here recently and he didn't care. I think it's for us. It's for us. But I think my son, I mean, he's 10. I, I think he's, there's definitely like what between my kids, although, ah, you seem to be way more into his basketball than my soccer or, 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 you know, who like, which parent likes basketball and stuff. They're like keeping tabs. But I know that, but the one thing about my son is he can get very emotional. And like, if he doesn't have a good game or something, he, he'll get, he gets really fired up. And I'm trying to stop that. And my only solution is like, make sure he has a great game. And the only way to do that is to teach him about what I think is the right way to play basketball. And, and like, it always is about being aggressive. I, I, I don't know. Like, it's kind of what you're saying about attack the rim. Sometimes it's like, it's always like, just go the hole. And, 
you know, it's a lot of pressure for someone that has to attack the rim every second for, for no apparent reason. And if you look at that strategy and I, I don't, I don't like to shame anybody's parenting strategy, but you're trying to protect him from, uh, his emotional reaction to what, to something that's inevitable. Right. right? He's not going to be able to and he has have to a learn kid. how to deal with, deal with failure and all that kind of stuff. Right. Without freaking out. Right. And there's so many ups and downs in life. And, uh, I think, I'm I'm really curious about why we want to intervene so much. I'd love to have a parenting expert, but why we want to intervene so much these days? Because uh, my mom, I don't see now. I look back, oh, she didn't give a shit. Now I just think she's super wise because she's just like. But she was there. She watched all your games, right? And she went to a lot of them, yeah, and she stayed out of it and was proud, but not invested. I think that maybe that's it, right there, dude. We just hit it. Can you be proud that they're doing something but not invested? That's part of it. That's very close. But then you've got to define what you're proud about because if, if it's for the wrong, it's again, if it's just for like the winning, the success, you're going to fail yourself. You fail your kid when, when it doesn't go that way. So let's just say the next, when they play again, Saturday, is that some? He goes out 15 turnovers gets benched doesn't go the hole at all passes up a, a lot of open looks uh how can you find it in yourself to still be proud that's that's the hard part well if you're if you're framing it as i'm proud that you're working hard and participating in this sport yeah you you could let that other stuff go you could theoretically <laughs> now i don't I'm know good. a debt a single dad and even many of the moms that I've talked to in the sidelines that uh, can have that enlightened of perspective. I think we're all kind of a mess. And uh, there's always some bitch, bitching session about the coaching. And, and obviously I coach, so I, I, I realize that's happening with me, uh, with parent uh, of the kids I coach, with the parents of the kids I coach. I know it's happening because it's inevitable. But it's always, uh, we're so, uh, yeah, invested in this thing. Well, you got, you see both sides of it. But I just don't think we've, we, at least you and I right now, if that happened, these hor this horrible game. And then you'd probably in your head put it back to like, it's a lack of effort. You would, you, it's hard to just go, well, he just messed up. Like he, he did everything he could and it didn't come out the way he wanted to. You never, I never do that. It's always like, oh, he wasn't trying or he doesn't care enough to get sleep the night before or he's whatever, you know, like, and, and so it's hard to just be proud. <laughs> I don't even know if pride is supposed to be a good uh, virtue either. Well, and like, it's hard to be proud, but it's hard to resist intervention in the moment. Like yeah. last night I screamed out loud enough for his what coach. Was last to night? Uh, a game or practice? Yeah, or? it was a game. Yeah, it was a game. I screamed out, uh, because he wasn't, he wasn't boxing out, right? So a couple, uh, a guard, he, the guy who was guarding snuck in and got a couple offensive rebounds. And I, I yelled it out. Coach, the coach heard it. And then he actually, because he's a young guy and I know him, uh, he parroted it back. And then I, I come to find out after the game that the coach said in the huddle, I got my best player who can't fucking box out. How are we going to do anything? Uh, something like that. To your son? Talking about my talking about my son, yeah. 
and uh, that makes you happy or then you get the other way where you're like hey take it easy coach are you like that no i i just uh i regret starting all that oh, all right have, so you think that was a reaction to what you said like i think yeah i mean the guy knows i'm a coach i think it maybe gave him permission to be a little harder he's he, this dude is a loving very nice coach um he's training to be a counselor in the schools too so he's like just like a good good dude i don't know if he i don't know if he ever gets hot but i don't know that i instigated that maybe i think i have more power than i do but for the let's just say the fact that you're screaming out uh, in the stands how you gonna let that dude buy you got the box out if you're doing that you're you're misguided and you have some mental health issues that's that's all i'm gonna say <laughs> it's, yeah but it's, have, i'm sure there's have you ever had the the thing where you yell hey like it's everything slows down it's a foul shot or something you go hey whatever hey son box out like when it's kind of quiet and he hears you and he might be like ah fuck you dad but it actually works and then you see him like put the effort in and you go ah that not no harm there i yelled out some advice, you know, and it works. Yeah, those are reminders, though. Those are like um, pointer reminders that you can scream out. So yeah, where did you I cross think those the are... line last night? You, like it was. I what, said, what "How are you it? gonna let? How are you gonna let him buy you two times in a row?" <laughs> Getting, you know, that kind of thing. I like the next level is like, how do you let that scrub? You know, like you throw a little dirt at the other kid. Like people do that. How can you let someone who's way worse than you at basketball? Like you, people get that that far too. Well, I got to tell you, I this is my experience yesterday. Went to our little athletic club. It's called the Indoor here in Costa Rica. And my son, he's always trying to look for somebody to play one-on-one with. And this is essentially like a white athletic club in Costa Rica. Not exactly Rucker Park in, uh, <laughs> in New York. Not a lot of basketball talent there. Yeah. But I'm, I'm running around the court just doing laps. I'm trying to exercise, and he's playing one-on-one. And I'm watching it like it's fucking game seven of the NBA championship. I and and I every once in a while, I get down that side of the court, and I'll be like, dude, stop going to the whatever. You're going, you're going back to your fadeaway on the right side. Just go left. Like just giving them little little tidbits like that for no goddamn reason. Like just – Isn't it crazy? By the way, I was right. Every time he went left, he smoked this fool. Well, right, you're for, in your 40s. Yeah. Right. But that's a one-on-one pickup game at an athletic club not known for athletic ability and not anything important, not even like a teammate or classmate. or, or And I'm still kind of – I'm going around the court and I'm looking back as I'm, as I'm on the other side of the court, seeing if he makes shots and all this stuff. And then I just I, – I, it clicked, though. It clicked. I just said, what are you doing? And I just shut up. Yeah. What clicked, though? How, what just, what? I, subconscious thing happened you're gonna think i'm full of shit but i honestly was thinking about shit that we've talked about on on the show oh, <laughs> and, good. and i i just felt like a hypocrite you're like you're trying to be all enlightened and vulnerable and talk all this shit and then i'm doing stupid shit like that it's like <laughs> how am i gonna fix every other area of my life if i can't get over a, a one-on-one game oh. and and then i could see my son looking at me every time he makes a play and then I was like, what are you looking at? And then I'm like, well, of course he is. Because I'm yeah. riding his ass. You know, I'm like, of course he's looking for some sort of like, 
not even like approval, just like, hey, did I shut his ass up for two seconds? Good. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. like, I don't know. It all clicked for a second. And it doesn't matter because I'm going to do the same thing next time. But every time he shot, I got this jolt. Every time he shot, like shook the dude or did he was he kept Euro stepping this guy. And, and, and every time I saw it, I just it was like, that's so awesome. I mean, uh-huh. I was like, I was so happy about it. And, and just it wasn't even that joy happiness. It was just like check yeah. you know some weird happiness like 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 uh yeah like exactly like dudes at a strip club mm, yeah. <laughs> yeah it was just like uh, my boy's dope yeah and 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 it just was like and then afterwards he was kind of pissed and i go what, what you smoked that dude what like another horrible thing well you won and he's like i know he said something like that dude scored three times on me uh, it's so dysfunctional, isn't it? And I go, the dude's All like it. 13, dude. You're 10. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah, see? And then he goes, but he scored like three shots on me. And I and he's all pissed. And I'm like, yeah. well, of course you feel that way. Because my dumb ass is running around the court watching you. And uh, <laughs> I, I don't know. But but I don't know if it's ever going to stop. Like, I'll, he'll be in like a men's league if I'm holding up. And I'll be watching it. And I'll be like... <laughs> You finally attack the rim, and he'll be like, "Yeah, my both my knees are blown out, and I got to be careful because I have hypertension." But no, mm-hmm. you attack the rim, right? So I, I, but I don't have the answer why we're like that. The only thing I take comfort in is we're all like that. Like the most chill Buddhist parent gets wrapped up in it. Like nobody's nobody's immune to it. You know, the only people that are immune to it are are people that are fully checked out on sports. Like, like yeah. they're just like I don't understand ball sports. And then, are you ref- are yeah. you reflecting on some of this behavior and and doing what I do, or you're you're almost there's no grace for yourself or the emotion. You're just kind of saying ah, I'm a pathetic loser for for do for acting this way. Or are you or are you just ignoring it as like ah, I guess that's just what we do. <laughs> no, I'm constantly conscious of it now because yeah. of the show. But I but I also I want to. I need a message of like, I need a message when my kid fails, you know, it happens in the water a lot when I'm surfing my daughter now, she'll just be like, you know, because we don't live at the beach anymore. She doesn't get to surf a lot. And then she'll just be like, you know, I don't think I'm cut out for surfing. Where two years ago, she was like ready to join the tour. And uh-huh. I, and then my message is like, you're just being a fucking, just, just tell yourself you're going to get, catch the fucking wave and do it. Like, I don't have a good message. It's just like, I know. As long as you keep telling yourself you suck, you're gonna suck. Now it, right. it's just like I, I don't have. I need. I need something else. Like if I'm not gonna constantly give useless advice and tell them to do better and box out, I, I need a message for when they don't do do. I like when it's upsetting them. I need a message of like, all right. Like, do you think the box out thing was was affecting your son, or if you never said anything, he would think he did fine and be happy and wouldn't worry about it? Or you think it's it, that was starting to weigh on him? I think he probably knew. That was an intricate detail, though, boxing out. It's different than like, oh, I can't hit my shot or something, you know? Right. I guess I'm um, thinking through why are we so caught up in our kids' failure? It like It'll hurt us more than it'll hurt them. Because I didn't think about all this when I was a kid. I just played. And yet, here we are as parents really attached to it. You're right. You're right. Yeah. I'm trying to think about failures as a kid. Like, 
because you're there. I'm supposed to be there. And this is what I tell myself, by the way. And I can see myself getting anxiety when I get uh, farther away from my values. My behavior is like farther away from what I actually want. Uh, but I'll tell myself, you know, there's a lot of ups and downs in the game and failure is a part of it and it's good. And it's how they learn and all this stuff. And, you know, my role is just to support when there's frustration and then what ends up happening is uh, let me let me barrage you with s- some advice and some shit you did wrong and how you're going to fix it and how you're ne- you know how we're going to make sure you don't ever fail kind of what you were doing right, right that's that's a really good way to say it kind of make sure you never fail that that's the ultimate modern parenting in so many different aspects and I, everybody struggles it even people who are in mental health i was actually talking to a pediatrician a few years back, he was struggling with the son and he's just like, I know, I know. And he's repeating it over and over to me and he's struggling like he's in tears. I know I can't protect my son from pain. I know I can't protect my son from failure. I know he's just repeating it in in like, uh, despite that, it's like, but I'm going to try. Watch me, watch me <laughs> yeah, do this. Exactly. Watch me do that. I'm going to take seven steps to ensure that it never happens because I think their failure, their pain is almost... It's worse. That's it right there. I know I can't do this, but I'm going to fucking keep ramming my head into the concrete wall. I know. But I I need some interventions at this point. I need some tools to get out of this game. I've got to get out of it. But is it just athletics? Uh, it, it, yeah. I mean, a lot of it is, and a lot of it is like behavior surrounding athletics that get me like, okay. So with athletics, what else surrounds that? Well, diet and, you know, lifting weights and exercise. So then those are opportunities or, uh, using the phone too much, playing too much video games. So those are opportunities for me to like shame. Oh, uh, you know, so I'll say things like, Instead of instead of ball is life, I'll be like, yep, phone is life. I guess phone is life. <laughs> effective, highly effective. That that comment. Yeah, and and I know it's bad, and I know even um, consciously, right before I'm going to say it, that ah, you shouldn't say this, and yet I can't yeah. resist. It's sort of like stop. an addiction. Like ah, give me, give me, give me another hit, dude. I'm I'm getting into. At least you could say the phone is life is some sort of creative sarcasm. It's kind of funny. Right. I'm getting in the a little bit where I just go, stop fucking doing that. Like with the F-bomb and everything where there's no. Right. Or even maybe a naughty, maybe more condescending. Quit acting like a fucking idiot. Like and quit fighting with your brother. You're acting like a fucking idiot. Like I'm, I'm getting very direct and, and really like. I'm like, what am I, what am I talking about? But, but like, you know, we're, we're at a phase where they my kids are still fighting with each other a lot. And I've read, we read some stuff. It's like, you, you almost have to let them figure it out for themselves. But then I, I, but that, that, you know, athletically, then it's like, quit fucking letting your guy go by you. Like it's, you just get frustrated. It's like, just box out. You're, and why does it matter if he boxes out? I don't know. At least when they're fighting with each other, there's somebody could get hurt. At least there's a reason. Well, well, something you said, uh, everything you read says, let them figure out for themselves. And that Impossible. that is the clearest advice for supporting life. your kids in sports yeah. and in life, uh, you know, with some exceptions, but they're so few and far between. And they're like surrounding like 
really bad things happening where you need to kind of intervene. But for the most part, like you need to let them figure it out. And yet it's almost like I heard the opposite. You need to figure it out for them. You need to get in front of this right now, uh, fix the jump shot, uh, fix the attitude, fix whatever it may be. It's, uh, I can hear it a thousand times. Let them have their journey. It's not about you. You're only there to support when they ask for it. And yet I'll do the polar opposite. Not all the time, but I'll do the polar fucking opposite. I like, I'm so frustrated with myself, dude. I want to, I do. I just want to like, uh, but it's cause you've had some success. Like you it's, you've had some success. Yeah. But like, I did where you go, but, ah, I didn't, I, I didn't do it an asshole way, but I, I told my kid to put his elbow in when he shoots or like, I'm always telling my kid it, He'll go like 20 for 20 and then he'll go 0 for 80 because he, everything will be straight, coming right hand behind the ball, and then he'll get into this like hitch sideways shot. And so I'll just be like, hey, get get centered again. Right? Right. Okay. Great pointer. And then that's it. Yeah, but I could I could leave that alone too. Like he could figure that out. I could be like figure that out for himself. It's his Absolutely. journey. Yeah, because he, he usually needs- does, actually. But yeah. He probably will. It just won't be on your timetable. Cause you're, we're spinning in our own uh, yeah. sources of anxiety. But I just a, saved him an O for fifteen, cause it's like a, a mental thing where he just goes, oh yeah, get centered, take it, take it from my chest up. Is that bad? You know, and then but that's where it starts, and then it gets in the fucking box out. It, it goes, it goes yeah. like, so so it's like all or nothing. I don't know. We should do like a dry, dry February. We're not allowed to talk to our kids besides hugs and 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 happiness. I'm willing to try it, man. I'm willing to try it because I, it's not working for me. And I'm actually, I'm getting extremely frustrated with myself. I, I, I'm wondering why I can't figure this out. I've read all of the articles about how to support athletes. And I know the questions you're supposed to ask. They come off the field or court and you're supposed to ask, how did it feel out there, man? And that's it. That's your only question. That's all you get. And yet I'm like, dude, I don't. I don't get why you're not, you know, it's just, it's, it's starting to get, um, like this toxic rumination in my brain that I can't, uh, I can't get it out. Are you fully, are you disclosing everything? That's why I wonder if it's that painful for you, like, but it does not sound like your son or daughter would say that they're having the same experience. Like my dad's a lunatic. No, no. He, and, and sometimes he'll want me to push him in different things, but no, he's not because I am. I'm, this is an a lot of it's an internal thing, and but sometimes it'll come out like in screaming out from the stands. How did you find out about the? How did you find out about the huddle? Did he tell you or like how did how, he told me? He told me because I had, but I had brought it up, dude. I brought up the the lack of hustle and the not boxing out stuff, and so he told me what what was said. And sometimes he'll tell me what happens in practice and all that stuff. Is effort that's that's a big question. Like, all right, we we both admit we're probably ridiculous. Like talking about, well, you got a euro step to the left or box out. That's that's kind of ridiculous. But is it out of bounds to go? Hey, it's, you you're not putting the effort in. Is that bad parenting? Well, I've heard coaches say, you know, please stay out of your kids' uh, experience during games. And if there's anything you can reinforce, it's effort. I, that's all I've heard in terms of like what a coach actually wants you to talk to your kid about. 
Well, you're a coach. What's your what's your take? What do you want a parent wow. to do? Shut the fuck up and and cheer. Well, I'm starting to lean because of my own dysfunction, and obviously, I coach too. So it's like really starting to. Uh, I'm not I'm not having a lot of acceptance for my my own issues at this point. But no, I mean, I would just say, yeah, man, just show up to the game and cheer. That's it. And then ask the one question because you're at, you're just a, you're exploring their experience on the court. Just, it just, so I ask that question. I do ask that question. And then I follow up with, well, man, you need to do this. You need to do that. Just so. And then I, after I comes out of my mouth, I'm like, what in the fuck are you doing? But it's so obvious, dude, that, that he wasn't boxing out. That's the problem. It's so obvious that, that little thing could probably affect the game and affect his success and you just can't hold it in. But do you want to be a, do you want to have a personal coach relationship with your kid or do you want to actually have a relationship where this is what I keep asking myself, where they kind of, they trust you, which is what you want as a parent. They trust you when they're not doing well or when things aren't going well to explore it with you. Right. You know what I'm saying? So it's, I, I think there's, this particular issue in my life is is potentially fucking things up. The scary thing for you, and it's going to be for me, is that it's done. It's all. It's like done, right? Yeah. And, and you're three not years enjoying it's done. It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got a few more years, but it's it's the clocks. You were sitting where I I was only a few years ago. It's done, and you and all you have is you don't want to be like all I have is this tension of of like. I was pissed about him boxing out. Like that's the memory is, is like, you don't want that. Right. Like, and I'll tell you, there's a, a guy I watched and his son was a senior and he did this multiple times. He's standing up at the top of the bleachers. And at our school, there's like a platform up at the top of the bleachers that a lot of people can stand on, uh, which is not typical, but it's kind of cool. But he's up there and multiple times he would kick the gate that's up there. Just kick it. When, oh, and uh, he's and his kid's a senior, and I, and I go, oh man, I don't want to be that guy. I'm not going to be that guy. And then I like sometimes are like, oh shit, I am going to be that guy. I'm going to be the guy fucking pacing around, kicking shit. Uh, and uh, I'm trying to stop it. Yeah, I need to stop it. So <laughs> it's it's somewhere between like horrible and it just the whole thing still it kind of makes me laugh. Like it, it's kind of funny, but just because it's so normal. Actually, it's funny. It's happening all over the place, but I love it. I think what it would take is somebody to film me, to film my face and my reactions to things that aren't going well. And then I see it and go, look, I don't know if it'd probably result in me like shaming the shit out of myself and like talking shit about myself. <laughs> look at this fucking dipshit. Look at this. Look at that smirk. Oh, really? But I'm over there bitching about my kid to parents. I'm bitching about the team. You know, it's just fucking stupid. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's probably not as bad as you think, but it just doesn't feel good. But I don't know. My only one thing I just want one thing I need to get over is like is just being attached to the success, not the process, the effort, anything else, just the joy I get from the win. It's not my win, but like. I mean, you got to see these surf competitions, which we're not doing anymore, but like they're so subjective because there's judging and Mm -hmm. there's like people that know the judges and all this shit happens. And you know that I I think my daughter might have won some of these competitions. She was really good, but it was also like we were in this club and we were like part of the people that there were 
putting it on like we were friends with and all this stuff. And maybe, maybe that helped, but it didn't matter. It was still like, ah, she won. It, like, if anything's so obvious, but you don't care, right? You're like, ah, they won. Therefore, they're good. Even if they shitty wave, shitty performance, but they won. It's like I'm too, I'm too attached to the, the victory for my kids. That's the thing that I, I got to worry about. And, and do you uh, think it's like a it's like a dopamine hit though? I, I imagine it's a rush of positive feelings in your body and in your yeah. mind. And like, how do you override that with uh, a more sensible reaction? Which is like, yeah, just a day in the life of surfing. Sometimes it's good, sometimes bad. Right. Never get too high. I mean, that's the advice, right, from experts: is never get too high, never get too low. Just kind of accept the moment. Your your son is a sophomore, is that right? Uh-huh. Or a junior. So this year you could probably chill and you still got two more years where you could be a total raving asshole. So if you if you said February, I'm I am gonna fucking keep my mouth shut. I could do the same thing. You think you could do it? Or what is it for you? Is it keep your mouth shut or like what's the thing? Yeah, I'm gonna be up there. Then you could tell me to be the dick. You could be like, hey, you Matt, yell box out to my son. I'm going to do a pledge, dude. I'm going to write it down on my, my sticky note here. It's All a right. pledge of no comments. What is it? All right. And then because a lot of after the game, you know, I'll make, I'll also do, I, I don't know if this is bad. You you probably, it sounds like you do this too. You ever do stuff? It's not like you're in some negative place, but it might be like, oh, you could have taken that guy off the dribble all game. You know, like just a little comment, which is just a hint of you didn't do what you're supposed to. And it's not like you, you yelled it, but you just go, ah, uh, yeah, you probably, you probably could have, whatever. You could have got eight more rebounds if you, if you use positioning under the rim a little better. Especially, I do this too when my son, my, you know, the kid, the kids always have a positive, they, they often walk away like with a positive, uh, you know, positive look at what happened on the, on the field. Mm-hmm. And I'll find myself kind of correcting them. Yes, exactly. And then you go, I'm like, what am I? I would like to stop that. Like if they have a positive, you know, they they come off the field with a positive experience. Why do I got to remind them that they didn't they didn't do this or that? That's that's one thing on my pledge. I want to well, stop that. The, uh, yeah, I, I'll put that out there down there too. But like, I don't know how to say just, it correctly. Just to think like, I think my son probably had eight or nine assists last night. He's yeah. a point guard, right? That's what you're supposed to do. And yet I'm like railing about the... Right. Effort, def- defensive effort. So it's always something. Dude, eight or nine in a high school basketball game as a sophomore is like uh, like Jamal Murray having twenty five assists. Well, by yeah. the way, because um, half the dishes like the other kid can't connect on the shot. So he probably probably had. I mean, here we are looking at. I'm looking at performance, but he probably had the opportunity for thirteen or fourteen assists, right? It's never. It's it'll it'll never be enough, is what I'm I'm realizing. No matter what it is. So I think uh, some of the behavioral scientists and psychologists will say uh, you just got to start with the behavior that you want, and uh, I think it's a good. This is a good uh, approach, man. So I have no comments. No cross parental assessment of game or a play, and no unsolicited advice whatsoever post game. That's that's your okay. So you know one thing is is I think important in all this is like because we talk a lot. We always you always feel bad about unsolicited stuff, 
And, and the next level is like, how do you deal with solicited stuff without being negative? Or you just, even at that point, you shut up and go, no, man, don't worry about it. Like, hey, dad, what am I doing wrong? Hey, I love you, son. And you're, pl- and you're giving your heart and that's all that matters. Or you go, all right, well, what I'd like to see is, you know, whatever, like at the top of the key, that's where you develop uh, whatever, uh, your position where you, where you have options or, you know, how do you deal with solicited or, you know, this, that, that it's like reading the soli- soli- solicitation, right? Because there are, there are times where your kid goes, man, I played like shit today. And then how do right. you build them back up without being an ex- uh, overbearing dick? Right. Is that an issue for you? Like when he comes to you or when your daughter comes to you on, it could be academics on a job or school. Like, no, I mean, I'm pretty good at if it's solicited because I'm, I'm probably in a wiser mind place. I'm in wise mind and I can be like, oh, okay. I know what to do here. You give some positive feedback. What's and then an you example say, of a solicit? Uh, like how, what, how, would, how does that play out? Uh, I didn't, I didn't shoot enough tonight or I didn't, I, I was, I couldn't get it going or whatever. And uh, what do you think? You'll get the, but you will get a, what do you think? Yeah, sometimes. It's clearly a solicitation. It's not just like, fuck, I suck today. And then. Yeah. No, let me just, so people don't think I'm totally crazy. My son and I have a really close relationship with respect to this and other things, of course. But yeah, no, I know this. Every time I do something stupid, I try to repair it. But yeah, he might ask. And I think that's the only place I need to interact from now on. My strategy. It's like, so, so what you, you're, what I'm asking, cause your example there, you go, I, I shot like shit today. What do you think? And you got the, what do you think? Which is licensed to fucking let them have it. No, it's licensed to, to, to speak to him. Right. But what my hard thing is like with my son, at least my daughter usually has a pretty positive perspective about what she did. <laughs> She's always like, I did pretty good, huh? Which is cool. And, and my thing there is to is stop by making sure that she knows that she fucked a few things up. Like, I got to stop that. But my son will go, I just wonder, do you get this where your son goes, I, I shot like shit today, end of statement. Yeah. It doesn't yeah. ask for anything. How do you handle that? That's, a, to me, I've learned to just say, uh, you know, this is a game or, you know, a lot of ups and downs in sports and life. And, you know, it's it's something to maybe reflect on, but let go of that kind so of you, thing. So you give him a line of bullshit. it's not i don't think it fundamentally is bullshit because it's what we're all trying to do but yeah it sounds like bullshit but it's (laughs) no it's what we should be saying but all the same trite messages that we've heard for years are the things that we're that we should do for a healthy perspective and a healthy life like you know take the middle path (laughs) i would like to believe it like i can say that shit but in my head i'm like fucker god if you would just realize it if you go to the left or you know like I, would I know, like but to believe it, man. And that's that. Here, therein lies the problem. And, and I think the only uh, next step is to do the uh, pledge, the dry, the dry, the dry month, the month of uh, you know. Instead of alcohol, it's you, you need to shut the fuck up and get out of it. Will be kind of funny though. What if both our kids quit all sports? We're immediately <laughs> like smoking a pack a day. Yeah, because we didn't give them excessive advice. I'm like, Luca, you're I'm... ten. You have a pack of Marlboros. Yeah, well, <laughs> you're not around. So it's 
probably a hundred percent chance that's going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. I don't have you in my ear. Yeah. We're the only ones uh, uh, keeping them in the game. Yeah. No, I'm, I think I have my sticky notes here of what I'm going to do. They're going to go right on my computer and we got to, we got to set up an episode, maybe episode 16 is probably five, six weeks away. It's interesting because even this act could come off as selfish, right? Like it's like you're doing it to relieve our own stress. And so I don't see how though it's not healthy for everyone the kid. involved. Yeah. So I don't know if it's selfish. I think there's a problem and uh I, I don't see any other approach. Uh you gotta just take some some different actions. Cause what what's interesting for you now is you're 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 a coach and like you have to lay into kids a little bit as a coach. To be a, a good coach probably has some there's definitely teaching. There's a teaching of the craft and then there's teaching of the emotional and mental side of stuff. Right. So when yeah. you're coaching, you feel like, all right, I can, I can kind of do what I want within reason legally, but like, this is what I really need to like the stuff that you're yelling at your son. Is it okay in a coaching format? A completely different relationship. Like but, box out. It's okay for a coach. To yeah. Say that, but right? I mean, it, I'm not giving a pointer to my son. I'm, I'm actually kind of trashing him. So so that's okay not for a coach to trash somebody. I mean, you see it all the time. I mean, you can have some frustration. I don't think you keep doing, if you keep interacting in that way of like, ah, oh, you're always making me uh, disappointed. It's, it's just not a good long-term approach. Obviously I know that. And yet I'm still stuck in it with my kid, but no, this is just straight up my own flesh and bloods play. I am getting out of it and I'm going to get out of it all of January and I'm going to assess how I feel. It's just I've had enough. I've had enough All of right. myself. Look at that. So, senior ninety four. We we both got there. Is it all right? Just to take it a step further, and you'll it, be there to witness it because you'll probably come to a couple yeah. games. You're gonna be like, hey, Lance, hey, Matt, I've, I've got, a, I made a deal with the devil, but I want you to yell at my son, tell him the fucking box out. Right? Yeah. What you can do is like you could really try to bait me into doing it. Yeah, right, just gonna let like, that go, huh? Uh, yeah. <laughs> don't you don't you think he should have went uh done the spin move and went left don't you think he should have passed there yeah just bait me into it and see if i can hold did you know he could take this guy out the dribble right you know yeah. it yeah but he just doesn't yeah. know it no one's telling him that he could take this guy out the dribble lance nobody's getting the message across <laughs> nobody's yelling so i think it's been good it's good been a good episode dude all right well we we got something out of it Here's an observation. The great thing about guys that refer to all women collectively as bitches or pussy, as in pussy likes it when you treat them like shit, not only have they gained a therapist level of knowledge about what women need and want, they are not afraid to share it with you in any place or any situation. There's no place where their unsolicited advice is not warranted and not shared. You could be in church with one of these guys and they will let you know you may think that most of these girls need the Holy Spirit, but what they actually need is some cock. And honestly, that's what these guys are good at, identifying a need and trying to service that need. At the end of the day, they're just sound businessmen, the Rockefellers and Carnegies of vagina, so to speak. And as it turns out, after talking to many of these titans, the needs for most women are actually the same. 
Cock. The girl who's annoying in a work meeting just needs some cock. Waitress looking at her IG account on her phone instead of getting you your drinks. In desperate need of some cock. The girl who just won't shut up. I think we all know what the cure is. And the other great thing about these guys, while they dish out this unsolicited advice for free, I might add, about what a girl needs, they will even tell you what part of a girl's body that needs it the most. Now that's just going the extra mile right there, people. And I gotta tell you, as a guy that's potentially coming out of a relationship, I appreciate it. So if you're lucky enough to find one of these guys in your life, go ahead and use that resource because they are just there to help. Yeah, Seniors 94 is written and produced by Matt and Lance. Commercials and editing by Lance. Stand-up comedy by Matt. Supporting music throughout by Surplus. A fleeting speck. The OJT. Thanks for listening.